0: Hello, friends. My name is Steve, and we're here again for the Friday Conversation with a few friends. And I, uh, but just before we get started, I just want to mention that next week is the 50th episode of the Friday Conversation. So uh, take uh, check out the forums we have. I'll be posting more information there about that. And also, that uh, whoever's watching on YouTube, that I do upload the podcast to the podcast uh, about an hour or so after we wrap up. So if you can't watch the entire episode on YouTube or want to listen on the go you can always download the podcast on any podcasting platform and also uh if you want to check out our forums we have uh, some new things going on there so come by and say hello we'd love to have you so chris you want to start us off with some introductions
1: yeah my name's chris Mullen. i sometimes make youtube videos and sometimes <laughs> just appear in random people's chats etc but that's that's about it <laughs> nice
0: and uh Thiago?
2: Uh, Yeah, um, I'm Thiago Abdallah, I'm the author of A Touch of Light and soon to be released A Shade of Madness, yeah, (laughs) Um, and also the prequel novella, which I don't have because my brother stole it from me, Um, and yeah, uh, it's called The Prelude to Ashes, Uh, the series is called Ashes of Averin and you know it's got a lot of action, battles, shady characters, betrayals, griffins, airships, all that cool stuff.
0: You had me at shitty characters. Yeah. Can <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. be here.
3: <laughs> all right. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Mihir Wanchu. I'm part of Fantasy Book Critic. I'm a reviewer over there. And thanks to see you. I get to hang out with all these cool folks.
0: Nice. So Chiago uh, had a couple of questions for you. I guess the first one is, how's what kind of pizza did you get?
2: Oh, man. It's uh, actually... Yeah. It's it's this kind of Brazilian pizza, which is uh, it's almost like an Italian sausage. It's called Calabresa in Portuguese, which is it's pork basically. It, it's almost like a pepperoni. Uh, and actually, I think the other half is pepperoni today. It was a while since I ate pepperoni, so yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. It's it's kind of the but the other one is like this, this kind of Calabresa with uh, another kind of cheese that's. I think it might exist elsewhere, but it's it's almost cream cheese, but it's more cheesy. Okay. Uh mm. <laughs> it tastes more <laughs> like cheese than cream, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's very Brazilian. I mean yes. we 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 call it more Italian here, but you know, it's, it's kind of stuff that you probably won't find, you know, in pizza places around the world. Yeah. In Italy,
1: yeah, sure, but it's funny. Everybody calls it Italian-style pizza, but actually, each each country has their own bastardized version of that. You know, it's, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. Yeah. it has yeah. cheese there for Italian, you know, or yeah. garlic there for Italian.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard to to describe because there's no name for it in English. It's like it's like this this different kind of sausage, mm-hmm. which isn't really a sausage. You know, it's still pork, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little spicier, I guess. And it's uh, I don't know. It, mm. It has a name for it in Portuguese. It has three names for it in Portuguese, but you know, no names in English. So you could just invent
1: one, it. Thiago. You know, yeah. and this could be this yeah. could be the start of it. Yeah, I'll start selling it online. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, sell it with your book copies. You know, like you, yes, you <laughs> my book, you get this pizza. It's yes. it's a Brazilian yes. special.
2: Yeah, You buy my book, get a sausage. I
1: guess. Yep. <laughs> Think of all the places you could advertise that.
0: Uh, well, this dude. started off well. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's good. It's what I was what I was expecting. I just want to mention, uh, bad as Rad said, I was going to read the book uh, Video Night, but my buddy Reed bailed on me. Um, is that the book named Video Night? Let me know because whenever I see Buddy Reed, it's somebody wants to Buddy read. So let me know uh, which book. But. Uh Chug, I also wanted to ask you about being an SPFBO finalist. What is that like? Yeah. Congratulations by the way.
2: Thanks, thanks, man. It's it's insane. It, it really I, I know it sounds a little cheesy, but uh, I mean here has has more more experience with SPFBO finalists, but you know, I <laughs> I, I was like launching my book last year and I saw all these, these SPO finalists and they were all like the cool kids. And, you know, when you look at that and you say, (laughs) I want to be there one day, you know, I didn't really expect to be there with my debut, but it's, it's a crazy feeling. It's such a crazy feeling. It's, I I don't, I don't really know how how to explain it. It's, it's, it's awesome. It just, you know, the, the recognition for, you know, having, having these, these incredible blogs is just read, all these books and
4: mm-hmm.
2: having yours picked as a finalist is incredible. It, it, but it only really is incredible because of all the other incredible books that are participating. You know, the the other semi finalists that were with me, they they sound awesome, and I want to read all of them, especially Assassin of, of Grins and Secrets mm-hmm. by, by K. Andrews. Uh, that that one that one looks really really cool as well. So so yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> uh, my my TBR is is, is greater. For it but man it's it's crazy it's so crazy i was so scared of being you know knocked off by by rob's spirit Rob's hayes spirits of vengeance mm-hmm. <laughs> for a moment there because my, my blog was was one of the last ones to announce it and i, I was like oh no they're, they're gonna pick the sendlin one because for, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with sbfbo you know if a blog really likes two books they can pick their finalist and then put another one in what's called the Sendlin safety net because when, mm-hmm. when Sendlin Ascends was participating the blog wanted to, to put it forward but they actually picked another one so right. they created this the Sendlin safety net so that you know good books get a chance get kind of like a second chance and you know thematically it's called Spirits of Vengeance so it, it didn't it didn't go the first time I, I thought it, I would be the victim of, of Rob's vengeance
4: and it, it would be...
2: <laughs> so so yeah, I was scared, but all turned out well. I guess <laughs> it's—I so, I don't even know how to talk about it. It's—it's so—it's so crazy.
1: So when when you're down to this few numbers, Tiago, do you just have to like have like a safety winning speech written just in case?
2: <laughs>
1: as, as you can
2: see from, from how I described it, no,
1: no, <laughs> just <in> a <case>. kiss. <laughs> yeah a pre-recorded video here's what i made earlier accepting my award yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> definitely not and this year you know they started the coins and i know me here Yes, distributed mm-hmm. them in crystal in mm-hmm. color right uh i i had not unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately, I have, I have a, free, a three-month-old baby, but uh, <laughs> so I, I couldn't go, but I was really wanting to...
3: No, but the best part it. is you you will have the coin sent to you by Mark. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Mark Mark, wow. Mark is doing yeah. the thing from this year's finalists, like for SPFPO 8, all finalists. And actually, I have a coin with me. I, I, I wish I knew, like I could have just brought it up. I'll try to get it in between. In but yeah, all SPFPO finalists, you know, if, if you want, you can of course go to Bristol Con you know, to have the ceremony done because the hope yeah, is yeah. that every year one blogger will be there and they'll have the ceremony over there this year. I was lucky to, you know, host the first ceremony, but next mm. year it might be somebody else or one of the authors themselves or even Mark, but that's the whole yep. And But if you don't, if you cannot go, of course, cause you know, it's, it's the, you know, you have a life and everything uh, you can definitely <laughs> get the coins sent to you. And I believe Mark is doing that and we're working on getting the coins sent to all the past 70 finalists. Uh, that's you know, very cool. the coins are all being fun. made. We'll, I'll have them in, uh, in December. Then I'll be doing the shipping. So,
2: yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, I actually uh, I talked to Mark a bit about it because uh, if if you see me on on a video, you you'll know I, I don't shut up I don't shut up about Mark because <laughs> he's my favorite author and and that's you know another part why why SPFBO meant so mm-hmm. much to me because Mark's the one who organized it and I, I actually I, I'm on his Patreon and on his Discord as well. So, uh, you know, I, I was I was telling him that. If if I won that I won in my coin, you know, ASAP. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it's it's cool. And uh Daniel has a comment. Uh, book review book review four stars story was great, but complimentary sausage caused pervasive <laughs> porky order. <laughs> order.
2: Yeah, the sausage lost me a star, man. You would think that. <laughs> <laughs> oh very
1: good. I think somebody has to put on there was no raisins on the pizza for sure, anyway. Oh,
2: no, no, no raisins. raisins. No raisins.
3: <laughs> Tro- Troy's stolen them all.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> are raisins like pineapple on pizza? Oh, there we go. Yeah. can't, do, pizza. can't no. do
0: pineapple on pizza. Raisins no. are,
2: are like the bane of my existence. I hate them, and everyone <laughs> knows that now. And then everyone just offers me raisins whenever raisins, they yeah. can. So.
3: Hey, now I know what to get you as a gift along with the coins, you know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're grip packing material because they're quite spongy and,
1: you know, nothing get damaged in the middle of them, you know? <laughs> I'd have
2: to leave the, the coin to soak for like a month. Can <laughs> Still can be
4: worth
0: insight. it, and I don't know. <laughs> but what a what a roller coaster spiffable must be to even just to submit your book and then to have it amongst a group so many great books and then all the different uh blogs that review them and that it's a long journey that must be like an emotional roller coaster
2: it is it is it's so it's you know because especially when when you just launched a book right it, it's your first book you you really don't no one knows you so it's really hard to approach people and blogs because everyone's everyone's approaching them you know it's like you're just you're just part of the noise when you start out and and I don't say that you know in a defamatory kind of way it's just mm-hmm. it, it's just how it is you know everyone mm-hmm. who launches a book it's part of the noise and you need to do something to, to break through that right and that's why spit was so great in my opinion because it it automatically puts a spotlight on you and you know even if you don't go go through to, to the next phases it gives you a chance to to have a spotlight on one of the you know, premier fantasy blogs out there, so it, it automatically gives you a boost to to kind of you know jump off and 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 build upon. So that in itself is already a victory for everyone who's who's in the competition, right? And of course, it's an it is an emotional roller coaster because everyone wants to 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 make the finals, of course, right? So it it's kind of crazy uh and but <laughs> the best part of the friends you make along the way right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, but i know i know that's uh that's uh uh not the phrase but i mean everyone who who participates you end up kind of chatting to, to other participants and making friends so mm-hmm. it, it really it really is kind of kind of like that you know there i've made a lot of friends because of swiftball yeah
3: yeah, i got a question for you have you all then authors made a you know like an author group chat or something like that because i know in the past spfbo finalists they all did like a group chat where they could just you know uh, and i know last year's finalists had that that burning frog icon on twitter yeah, to post yeah. Also. Mm. yeah. have you all done that uh okay. we have
2: we have we're we're in a, a discord group chat um we're gathering everyone not not everyone is is on discord or, or super active mm-hmm. on social media but we're, we're still trying to gather a couple, but yeah, we're, we're, we're talking and in touch and, and, you know, that's, that's another great thing that I saw a lot of people, you know, I I saw the finalists talking about, I I was talking to LL McRae and and Crystal Matar, and they're all, you know, I don't really care if I win, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) not, not, not in a, I don't care about the competition, but it was like, you know, we, we all, you're all so close, you know, and and they, they, kind of created this bond it's like, they would just be happy for anyone who won in the group. And you know, I think I think that's a really cool way to approach it because it's it's been so stressful up till now. It's like you know, the, the finals is such a big victory in itself that you know it's I think that's that's the the, the best way of going about it. So I'm really happy that we managed to, to put a you know a, a group together and, and have a place to, to share and talk about everything that's going on.
3: Can I tell you something to raise your stress a little bit more? <laughs> yes, please <laughs> go ahead. So you are a Bookness finalist, right? So you're being yes. chosen by Bookness. Mm-hmm. Yes. So since Booknest, you know, has uh, participated in SPFPO, they've been they've been there from SPFPO three onwards. Yeah. Every alternate year, their pick has been a champion. So SPFPO three, their book wasn't a champion, but SPFPO four, their book was a champion. Okay. SPFU five, not a champion. SPFU six, a champion. spfpo seven, okay. not a champion. <laughs> spfpo eight. So I have so- a legacy to live up to. Yes. What a oh, disappointment
1: that's is gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: I apologize in advance for disappointing both guests.
3: <laughs> I know Petros will hate me for this, but you know, I'm just I, yeah. I kid him online as well. You know, he's a good friend of mine. But you know, I'm just, yeah. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I was like, I didn't want to mention this at the start before, you know, when all the finals <laughs> are being chosen because I was like, yeah. this is just something like and I like to track these weird things. So just so you know, to increase your stress, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's them making the preemptive banner now for another book nest test before. Yeah. yeah. Or it takes a long time to put together, you
2: know? <laughs> I'm sorry for wasting your time, Petra. <laughs> oh, dear
1: yeah yeah well one of my favorite things about Spitbow is actually the legs that it has you know it start off with 300 books and i know the books get built down but the conversation still goes across 300 books for months you know as yeah. people within the community say well i'm reading this one they kind of push it on to somebody else and it, it's so far wide and reaching that, that regardless of getting to the final 10 or otherwise the conversation about lots of those books just percolates for a very long time it goes far and wide i think that's really awesome
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's awesome and you know there's there's a story about uh josiah bancroft he said he he tried everything 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 mm-hmm. and spiffball was his kind of last gasp because he tried every kind of marketing and got mm-hmm. no traction and then spiffball and he was a semifinalist in spiffball which is you know something that really shows the, the power of you know e- even if you don't get to the finals right and yeah his book just exploded and, and mark i think read his book and, and started Really, really singing its praises
3: far and wide. So, yeah, so yeah, it, it was a Pornokish tribute which was first, you know, brought to Mark's attention. And at, at that time, though, you know, technically the te- they didn't really have semifinals, so he didn't really judge it. Either. But Mark, I remember read it and pushed it onto more people, and of course, Orbit Books and picked it up as well. And I think Mark's agent also became Josiah's agent, so it's been just amazing ride for him.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's awesome to see right and again, it gives part to the to the competition and, and everything that's going on and it's it's really awesome. I know I'm being kind of repetitive, but it's so awesome to have a competition like this because you know it it really can't be understated how how hard it is to to start out as an indie author because there is so 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 much going on in the community and there are so many, awesome books and even if you have an awesome book it's really hard to, to kind of stand out you know you can do everything perfectly and not get noticed for you know years so mm-hmm. having something like Spiffbow is is just you know it's that kind of like route that everyone looks at everyone's looking at it and it just it really it really helps you you know kind of spread uh just just awareness of of, <laughs> of your book so it's cool yeah
0: our friend daniel dr puff and stuff uh so the rising tide lifts all boats and it seems like the indie community tries to no matter what how strong their tide Uh, and it's nice to see
2: yes yes a hundred percent a hundred percent there is i mean i've talked about this with other authors it's so cool to not have to actually you know compete with other people because no matter if if someone has you know a book before yours or on their TBR or, or, you know, if you you don't win a competition or whatever, people are looking at books. People are looking at indie books and they will eventually get to your book. It's just, it's just the way it is. You know, if your book is for them, they'll eventually hear enough about your book that they'll give it a try. And so that's why, you know, stuff like spitball booktube and, and you know, all all the blogs, everyone who, who talks about books, it doesn't matter if they're talking about your book. Just anyone who talks about books, just if people are reading, they're not watching TV, I guess you know. So, if you want to find you know, a rival or something, just
1: go at the TV. But I think that's one of the nice thing where the rules really helps because obviously it's only book ones in a series, Thiago, and ultimately yeah. this is long term about somebody reading your entire series and engage with the whole series. So, whether you get to the book this year round. That's the Spitfire books. I know yeah. some people in the other discords are just doing the Spitfire seven finalists at the moment, like Terry's yeah. doing at yeah. the moment, yeah. and he's yeah. going through them all. So like, these lists and these these books have, have real legs. And by that time, maybe book two comes around. Obviously, you are just coming in January, so you know by the time maybe somebody gets around it, there is maybe a book two ready waiting there for them.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen a ton of books that you know it, it's really cool that the people enter the, the first book, but many of them already have, like, books two and three out. Mm-hmm. And then that just puts people into the funnel, I guess, you know? Yeah. Go, <laughs> go through. They, they go through the whole series after that. And, I mean, I'm saying this from the author's perspective. And if I'm if I'm rambling too much about uh, Spiffball Steve, you can just, just no, tell me. That's, <laughs> that's, why, that's uh, why we invited you. Just yeah. <laughs>
0: ramble
3: away. <laughs> but... Um, uh, Only coming. is also. be Spelled as SPFBO.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's a whole debate
3: going over there. Yeah, I,
2: I, I, I flip flop from SPFBO to SPFBO so that I can either not anger any anyone or anger everyone. So (laughs) pick your side. I don't know. Uh, So, um, you know, from a reader's perspective, it's incredible as well because you don't always know what to go after right and uh trad is 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 great as well they have great books they have awesome everything you know but it's slower than indie if if there's one thing that that you can say for indie it's that it's faster than trad so you know if if you have this this list of three hundred books that are being you know reviewed and and talked about in a competition every year, you never run out. It's it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, from, from a reader's perspective. It's it's amazing, and authors well, are readers too. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's amazing that so many people, so many blogs, devote their time and energy into reading all these books and writing reviews and having these discussions. It's it's really amazing when you think of all the people involved that make this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah
2: yeah and and this this doesn't go unseen by by mark he, he always he always shouts out the blogs and mm. you know i i think it's it's one of the great things about spiffball as well that the blogs have the freedom to do stuff however they want and even even if it you know sometimes people can can not agree about one thing or another and and there can be controversies as there are in life it's it's part of it but i i think it's just great you know that that all the blogs just just have this kind of altruism, I guess, uh, of, of doing this for us and giving this, to, uh, giving us this opportunity to to have this spotlight. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm really thankful to the bloggers. I'm not just saying that because Mihir is here. but <laughs> 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 I am remember you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Remember that when you're reading my book, Mihir. So. <laughs>
3: Hey, jokes on you! Already have finished your book. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We, we have a schedule. Your book's up in uh, in the latter part of the schedule, but now we'll be, uh, irrespective of what you say, over here. It doesn't matter, my opinion. And also, we have four other people, so it's like not just me. It's four other people yeah, yeah, who read yeah. yeah. so it's it's helpful.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. I think that's awesome as well because there is that kind of thing of this book is great, but it's not for me, right? So if you have mm-hmm. more people reading it, it's yep. it's
3: always it's always great. Yeah. Also, we're open to bribes. You know, I'll just say it out there. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> you send me pizzas, I'll be very happy to give you like ten stars. Oh, okay. I'll.
2: I'll it'll maybe be frozen because it has to make its way from Brazil, but you know,
3: I'll send you instructions to
2: to defrost it. <laughs>
0: and uh, and John brings up a good point. Our friend John Palandino. Uh, he says the visibility of uh Spiffo gives the visibility s, s-, s- D- F- e- gives is huge. now I'm second guessing myself. So I, yeah, no, okay. I thought being eliminated uh would kill my chances as an indie author, but that was not the case at all. So even even yeah. just entering, I think, even if you don't make it to the next round, it still gives you visibility. So that's in i think that i i can't really think of a downside of entering um i mean i, I can't speak i I'm, haven't I'm, 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 I'm written a book obviously but i think it's it's really a no-lose situation yeah. if, if you just give it a shot i mean you never yeah. know what could happen and then someone's going to read your book that may not have read it before and bad reviews sometimes uh make someone other someone else want to pick it up so exactly
2: exactly and you know uh there's a lot said about imposter syndrome and, and authors dreading reviews, especially when they're, they're the view authors and I'm right there. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm immune to that. I'm right there with them, but you'd be amazed. You know, sometimes you get a bad review and you're, you're like, Oh no, no one's going to buy my book anymore. I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crash and burn. That just, that's not the case. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes a, a quote unquote bad review is good for someone else. You know, I, I've had two stars reviews bec- because I have multi POV in my mm-hmm. book. So, and I'm not the only one. It's actually pretty common review. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and then someone will someone will read that and say, I love Multi-POV, and then they'll, they'll give your book a shot. Yeah.
0: Uh, our friend Layla's here. Uh, she has a question for you, Thiago. Uh, can you explain how you decided to publish indie versus seek an agent and so on?
2: Yes. Um, I actually started out, you know, wanting to... To seek an agent and, and go trad and all that because I was very ignorant to what the self put market was like, you know, uh, I'm not like one of those those people who's been writing a book all their life and then finally decided to publish it. I, I love fantasy. I love reading books i love watching shows i love magic the gathering as you know steve and nice. we always we say that we love magic the gathering but i never talk enough about about magic with you right so we need to have like yeah, a, we'll, a yeah. magic the we'll, Gathering conversation
0: <laughs> yeah i want to i want to we'll, we'll we'll hit on that here in a little bit yeah we'll yeah, talk about
2: that. yeah. <laughs> so i've always been very very entrenched in fantasy and i suddenly decided to write a book and i'm, I'm not going to go into to all that but uh you know, when I was talking to editors, one of the editors read my prologue and said, you should self publish this. Hmm. And I was immediately resistant because I didn't know anything about self publishing. And I was like, no, uh, I mean, I know nothing. It's it, and not because I thought self publishing was bad. It's because it was something else I needed to learn. You know, mm-hmm. and I was already learning how to be a writer, how to, how to, you know, deal with, with everything that I needed to do to write a book. And then, uh, it just, it was, it felt kind of overwhelming, but then I talked to another editor and he like showed me the ropes, I guess. He said, you know, there's, there's these pros and these cons, and you should maybe make a list of pros and cons. And so that's, that's kind of what I did. And if you want details, I have one blog post on my website, which talks about this. It's the only blog post because I thought it was going to be able to blog, but it i just don't get the time to write stuff
1: but uh says the author yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> I write stuff beyond my books <laughs> so, yeah. so um just but just a quick rundown of it is you know and mark lawrence actually started doing youtube videos and his his youtube video on uh the advance that you get as a trad author is excellent. And I highly mm-hmm. recommend you watch that. But so so there are a few things, you know, first of all, creative freedom is super cool and you can do things the way that you envision them. Right. Um, second thing is I, I can say, and this is a, this is a personal, you know, consideration uh, being a mid list author kind of has you locked in and you don't have enough tools to break out as you would being an indie author and and I'll, I'll 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 explain that so here's the thing when you get picked up by by trad you get an advance right this is this is money that they pay you to 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 get your rights and to be able to publish your stuff but they have your rights now so what you're writing is basically theirs right um and as long as you as you deliver the books. They, they won't ask for that back but they will pay you as you deliver the books. So if you're writing a trilogy or if you're writing four books and you get a ten thousand dollar advance which is more or less the standard of the market for a, for a debut author, you basically have to live on on those ten thousand dollars if you' if you don't have another source of income right You have to live on those ten thousand dollars until your, your your trilogy is complete right mm-hmm. or until you earn out which means until you sell enough books to make the publisher the $10,000 that they paid you and then you start earning royalties. So you only start earning royalties after you've kind of paid back this quote unquote loan that you don't really need to pay back if you don't earn out. But, you know, Mm. it it can take a long time and many authors don't earn out. Right. Yeah. So when that happens. you ally that with that the fact that you're not getting royalties and that the royalties from trad are a lot lower than royalties from indie. Because uh, an indie book on Amazon gets 70% royalties, right? So, and, and that's why why they can be cheaper as well. So, if you sell a book for like $3.99, you get 70% of that on Amazon, an ebook, right? Um, and trad... You have to pay all the people who are helping you do the cover and i'm not mm-hmm. saying this is bad please please don't don't misunderstand there are a lot of great people working for publishers that really know what they're doing and i used a lot of it as, as a benchmark you know I watched uh, every every video read every article from from lauren uh, uh that, that i could which is the orbits uh she's orbits creative director um she's responsible for for a ton of, of incredible covers yes. so and you know the, the cover is just one one part of it you have editors. You have people doing doing the, the the formatting of your book. You have people looking to see if the book is printed the right way, which is something that's overlooked, but it can cause a ton of headaches. So you have a, a ton of small details that you need to look at as an indie author, right? Um, and this is what scared me as well. And you have to do all your marketing, and you know sometimes uh, some and, and this is is the important point. Sometimes if you do well, you get the marketing budget from from the publishers, but not always. And if you don't, you're what's called a mid-list author, right? You're not the big name authors. You're you're at the middle of the list and you need to sell a bit more before you get higher and you get, you know, recognized and get the big bucks, let's say. Um, So, but the problem is because you earn so few royalties and you don't start earning until you've sold out. You don't actually get the money to justify investing yourself in, you know, advertising or or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say you don't get the same tools that you get from Indie. Of course, it's a lot. It's it's dangerous because you don't know how to do stuff as well as publishers do. And, And that's a fact, you know, you can be the best Indie author there is. There is a big learning curve until you learn how to do stuff the same way that, that the big publishers do. And the people in big publishers are always going to have more experience than you. So you do your best with, with the tools that you can. But to me, the decision was that I wanted to have the tools in my hand. You know, I didn't want to depend on, on anyone else. You know, it's almost like a corporation. You have to, you have to Get in as an intern and then rise the ranks until you're, you're a big name alter and, and people you know give you give you more of their resources because it is a risk for them as well. I'm not saying that publishers are evil. I don't. It's it's a, it's a business. <laughs> I I I studied business. I work at a at a bank. You know, work in finance. So I understand it. And I didn't want publishing to be another corporation because I already have that in my day job. So uh, that's why that's why I decided to to basically go indie and, and have all the tools. Indie is entrepreneuring. Uh Trad is working for a big company. That's that's hmm. the best way I think I can put it. So yeah. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. the speed that I talked about as well, you know, you, you can you can release books a lot faster and not be in the in the Trad, you know, schedule that they put mm-hmm. you in. So
3: Anna Stephens recently really had an excellent blog post about this, you know, about the trials and yeah. tribulations of being a middle author and yeah. how, you know, like you redefine failure and success, like being having a second job or having a job besides being an author is not a failure. It's just the yeah. reality of publishing nowadays.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I still have my day job. Hopefully if I do well enough as an indie author, I can, I can eventually be a full-time author, but, um, You know, you need to work your way up there. And to me, I thought that having a business degree would be enough. You know, after I learned what what indie was, I said, "Oh, okay, I have a business degree. I think I can learn this. And I think I I can go through this faster than if I go through trad. Because it takes a lot of time to get an agent, to send letters, to get your book. You know, my book probably wouldn't be published today if I had decided to go trad. And I mean, when I look back, you know, at everything that, that I've gone through already having a book published, SPFBO, finalist. I mean, I, I obviously don't regret it at all, but, um, you know, you have to put in the work. It's like, please, I'm not the model of everything. I just, I'm a rookie. I, I published my book in, in March. I'm still very, very new to this. But, you know, I believe that if you put in the work as an indie author, uh, you'll, you'll have more tools to to try and and, and reach success faster it's basically what yeah. i so yeah I would, long-winded answer but <laughs>
1: i would say from the outside looking in that there really isn't an established or formal way to do it i think a lot of like yourself and ryan etc are kind of inventing how to do this as yeah. you go along and kind of sharing yeah. then with everybody else what worked for you what didn't work for you you know, there's lots yeah. of uh, articles, videos, etc. About that, even at the moment.
2: Yeah, and, and Brian's the inventor. I, I talk to him all the time, and he, <laughs> I, I follow what he does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, it uh, works. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's man. He's a trailblazer, uh, Ryan Ryan for everyone yeah, who. <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it has incredible possibilities, and I love the indie market so. i I actually sorry i I will shut up i promise but uh
0: (laughs) please don't keep going yeah
2: (laughs) in in the past being indie meant that you failed at trad Mm -hmm. and and that Mm. that created a very you know bad stigma around indie i never even sent out a letter to trad and again i'm not the model but i know a ton of people who who go this route because they chose to be indie Mm-hmm. Not because they couldn't get trad publishing, right? Mm-hmm. So and and that that's changing and that's awesome, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, again, it's I, I think it's 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 a market that's now, you know, standing on its own two legs. And uh, Zach Argo actually sent out a, a newsletter today, and okay. it's titled "The Golden Age of of Indie Publishing," mm-hmm. which I right. totally agree, you know. Yeah. We have so so much going on in indie right now and I really do feel that like we were kind of on the cusp and now we're, you know, just just taking off. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: yeah.
1: There's something that really fascinated about what you said when you said in the ancient red and he and he read your prologue and he advised you to go indie. Yeah. Without putting words in your do you think there's like a formula that if you don't hit that trad will Will be less likely to read your book, and it gives you kind of more freedom to be experimental and do things kind of your own way. Because of that, is that what is that what that really means? I don't think it's a fixed formula. I think it's something that they're looking
2: for right now. Mm-hmm. Like for example, who was looking for cozy before before Travis waltry Travis, yeah, right. No one, and now everyone's looking for it, but. You know if you don't and travis was indie <laughs> mm-hmm. so so sure. that's uh, now he's trad you know he got picked up and i'm pretty sure he got picked up for a very 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 you know good uh deal um not the the, the ten thousand that i was talking about because for for him to be picked up you know to, to accept but he had, up...
1: he had leverage at that stage because he already had a yeah, successful exactly. indie book and that changes the the conversation at the very start at the at the inception say like i don't actually need this necessarily, so if you want to do this, exactly. then there has to be it has to be attractive,
2: exactly, exactly. And and that's just you know another benefit because it gives you the choice. You know, you shouldn't go into indie thinking that you want to be picked up by Tread. I mean, if you do, it's fine, but uh, you know, just having the choice is great, right? Mm. Uh, because you know, maybe Tread can offer you some
3: stuff that that indie can't, so so yeah. So, yeah. Do you think Thiago like you know the, the trad uh the traditional publishing on you know they kind of have like not blinders but they have fixed on the genres that they can sell like you know in indie right now progression fantasy lit rpg is huge like there are yeah. people who are earning really well and yeah. they might not never have been picked up by traditional publishers but if you go on into traditional bookstores there are no lit rpg books there are no progression fantasy books do you yeah. think it's because of that I think I think it is a bit because of that but
2: I bring it back to to being a business, right? Uh, as customers, as, as customers, we're very, very um prone to looking at the product and looking at the stories that we read. And you know, it's very hard to look at at publishers as companies, I think, because there's a factor of of fandom and love that's involved in in, in this kind of media, right? Mm-hmm. So you it, it's a lot easier to look at McDonald's as a as a company as much as you might love a Big Mac, you know. It's it's not the same as, as, as a book. I mean, it might be to some people, but uh, it's like sports. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's almost like, like sports. There's an irrational kind of love behind that, right? For sure. So it's really hard to, to look at, at a publisher and, and see them as a company. But at the end of the day, they are a company and they have to make the decisions that are less risky because every book is kind of like a a, a gamble because you don't know how it's going to hit so you know doing and repeating what worked is the less risky play and when you're a publisher that needs to have this kind of like bulk of stuff of of books of new books every year you're not gonna not gonna invest in the riskier investment you know all all the time you're gonna maybe get you know 10% 10% of your money and put that in the risky investment and the other 90% you're going to try and invest in what you know, that's, that's, you know, secure. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, I think that's why, you know, Pat uh, trad publishing kind of has this perception that it moves slower because if you're indie publishing, you write the book that you want and you publish it, right. And <laughs> you're the one taking the <laughs> risk. So, so that's why, why it blooms because I know we talk about a lot of the, the new books that, that work but there are also the ones that might not work you know that that are too mm-hmm. experimental maybe yeah. so mm-hmm. it's it's just how the market is i guess
0: uh, our friend jordan had a comment let Chugo yeah. know that lord grim grape <laughs> wanted to watch but was past his bedtime
2: yeah lord grim grape is so we have this this discord server called the india cords which is a, a really cool server dedicated to basically, and Lana from, from Lords and Lullabies started it. Uh, you, you were even a captain on it, Steve, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but the server continued after the readathon and it just blossomed into this super cool community. And as I said, you know, raisins are used against me. They actually transformed the bot in the server into this entity called Lord Grimgrape and if if you if you jump into that server, you'll see he he is actually a raisin. I call him a <laughs> demon grape because that's what he is sure. so so yeah, he's been used against me a lot
0: some of your uh, your trash talk was legendary you <laughs> were, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really yeah. good stuff, yeah, yeah Uh-oh. I kind
2: of I'm kind of keeping keeping it for a further readathon right because <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's really cool to, to have some trash talk. Otherwise, you know, if you don't have stakes, what's the fun of competing, man?
0: It's true, yeah. Uh, so Brandy had a comment. Uh Steve is notorious for picking up a book just because it had a bad review. You hated it, hold my beer. Yeah. Which is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much my my reading habits in a nutshell. I'll send you some of my bad reviews, Steve. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh stuff. man, that's awesome.
2: Uh, I had I had one. That it, it's actually you'll never see it because it's on that galley. Uh I mean I, I think I think it's open to anyone who wants to see it actually. But man, the guys like uh just really clear that this is indie. Try harder. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. What?
0: That's terrible.
2: Uh okay okay thank you i guess cuz i am indie and i was trying to be indie so, so. But, but
1: but i think that is like a prejudging of exactly what you're talking about it, mm-hmm. you're indie because you couldn't get trad or something you know i think that people yeah. are prejudging the genre or the, the way that something's published rather than actually yeah judging something's merits oh, is cool. for sure yeah, yeah
2: yeah 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 but i mean it's it's just <laughs> It, it it's the way, you know. And if someone if someone reads that and says, "Okay, yeah, I like indie," then yeah, that's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yeah.
3: I actually first heard of your book because it had Griffins, and i have like, I've been wanting to read something different, and yeah. I hadn't heard or like I hadn't read Griffins in maybe say twenty years now. Like you yeah. know, after Mercedes Lackey and Waldemar books, I haven't heard any of you know Griffins being in, in fantasy, at least in my limited reading. So I was like, oh, cool, cool, Griffins, and now of course it's a finalist. So it's just even better.
2: Yeah, yeah. And uh I actually discovered that one of, of the previous SBFBO finalists, uh has Robert, a, Robert uh, Fleming, yeah. Robert H. Fleming. Yes,
3: yes, Robert H.
2: Fleming. He has a whole think, series.
3: Yeah, uh, he has submitted that book, the one, the one with the Griffins or Gryphons this year, but it was yeah. with a different blog. He didn't get, but I know I know which one you got. The cover is really cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. I saw that cover and I was like, Oh, I wasn't the first one to you know have a cool griffin. <laughs> it's called uh the Talons fury i think yes oh. the yes fury, yep. uh oh. it has such an amazing cover it has such an amazing griffin on the cover so so yeah they're they're out there i guess but i'm happy the they're Bond making do. a comeback i'm happy to, to raise is. the griffin flag
1: <laughs> without putting uh tiago's job for him the best part is, griffins just aren't just flying beasts in the books either. You know, they have a purpose and a, and a oh yeah, a, something on it. You know, they're not just like kind of something to stick on a cover to sell more books. End yeah, end yeah, in the book two. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: it's it's tied into the magic system. I have these yeah, elite yes. warriors that are bonded to the griffin, and they give the griffin an emotion. Each one gives their griffin a specific emotion, and the griffin gives them back. You know, their strength. So it's like the the griffin's strength is in your arms, and you can like jump and and. Mm be faster and and all that so symbiotic kind of
1: relationship yeah
2: yeah
0: Yeah. and uh, our friend daniel had a question has a bad review ever intrigued any of you into reading a book if so what was the most recent you hated it hold my beer moment
1: (laughs) i don't know about like bad reviews necessarily but there are definitely reviews where somebody has said i didn't like it for this reason and I could identify and say, well, that's not a problem for me, you know, and if you're saying that you liked everything else but this fast of it, say, multi POV, for instance, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you can go. Well, then that definitely is for me. I think that's the kind of review that can bad review or negative review of some sort that can work for you. You know, that's clearly defined what it was
3: like to not like about it. For me, yeah. it's like in a, if a book, if they say like, oh, it's too dark or <laughs> the characters are too <laughs> horrific. I'm like, oh, that's that's right up my alley. Like, let yeah. Me <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think I think I'm more like that as well. You know, I I like I like the realistic fantasy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like it doesn't necessarily have to be grim dark, but mm-hmm. you know, stuff like Mark Lawrence, mm-hmm. Joe Abercrombie that really don't don't try to try to veil stuff is 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 really cool to me. Yeah,
0: and I'm you know also- when. when
2: when people say it's deep and you have to think and the book makes you think, yeah. uh, it, it's fine. You know, some people just want to read and, and not you know, strain their brain. But I've always been the person looking for connections. And I, I got so disappointed when there weren't any. You know, it's like, oh, this yeah. is this. And I'm sure that in the ending, this person is going to be this. And then you get mm-hmm. to the ending and there's nothing of that. It's like, why? <laughs> so, so, yeah, that normally pulls me in.
0: I think the last one from you was probably um, House of Broken Knives by Anna Smith Spark. I read that all I, I hated all these characters. They're all terrible. I'm okay, that's for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, John had a question for you. If you were approached with an uh, average offer to publish with one of the big five publishers, would you or are you firmly cementing cementing yourself as an indie author?
2: Uh, So it's hard to say that I that I'd go for Trad right now, especially the moment that I'm, that I'm living, yeah. you know, it's like a <laughs> <yeah. laughs> finalist and all that, uh, average offer. I don't think so. I, I rather take my chances in, in indie, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but you know, it's, it's really hard to say yes or no and be, and be really strict about it. I'm, I'm always open to, to listening if anyone wants, wants to, to talk about, anything you know indie projects if, if trad would you know maybe approach and, and and want to to talk about stuff i'm always open i'm never the guy who's gonna say no i don't want to talk to you i'm indie i'm team indie you know it's mm. like <laughs> it's it's a business man it's your career so you have to be open to everything that people are are, are willing to talk about but mm. i'd say it's pretty hard for me to accept a you know just just the standard offer today <laughs> please don't don't see this as me Earning ten thousand dollars a
1: month—it's <laughs> <laughs> not it,
2: but but you've, you know. you've
1: invested so much time in learning. The yeah, craft. exactly. Yeah, yeah I go, exactly. That, 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 actually, there's no point making the the judge after you've kind of done that bit of your apprenticeship, you know, without kind of seeing where it goes.
2: Exactly. It's like you know, I've cooked the whole meal, and it's mm-hmm. time for the steak, and I'm <laughs> I'm I feel so close to the steak. And I'm not just gonna hand the stake over to Trad now, yeah. you know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Plus Trad so, is slow. You'll also you'll have to wait another couple of years until your book finally mm-hmm. comes out. So yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And uh Austin, glad you can make it. We were actually talking and talking about you before we went live, right before, like, where's Austin? Because usually <laughs> so glad you can make it. And uh, Aaron is here, uh super interesting hearing Chiago's views on indie. It's super telling that even someone that's successful in Trad like Brandon Sanderson is using other methods to publish now that's yeah it's really it's seen him do something like that like the what he's using i think is a big sign how things are how things are moving in that direction
2: yeah yeah and uh brian mcclellan has kickstarters for for his yep. novellas as well because i don't know if he you know if, if he didn't want to go trad with them or if he thought it would be faster but you know that's that's just so it, it's it's the tools that I talked
0: about. Yeah.
3: Just a little bit of insight about Brian McClellan's, you know, the the, the the novella kickstarter, which is which Tiago is mentioning. His original books, like you know, the the new series that's with Tor books, he got a six-figure offer for them. It's I think it's only for those big books. But I think he has maybe he's smart enough, or his agent is smart enough, or both of them are smart enough to be like, okay, we're gonna g- write the big books for you, but the novellas or because Brian McClellan has a history of writing short, you know, shorter stuff, even with his previous series with the orbit books and he's he's already his kickstarter is already successful in the first day itself like it was for like something like 10 grand or something like that it's already at 25 or 26 if i'm not wrong and i could be very wrong but it's it's funded already oh yeah hey john (laughs) so yeah troy troy
2: was actually my rival in the india chords and we had this (laughs) we had this bet we it's have the this best
1: video, video. Oh, it's, yeah.
2: awesome. <laughs> the best. it's the best because i won that's that's why i find it's the best <laughs> because if i lost i gonna... <laughs> so we were in opposite teams and we decided that that the team that lost you know the other the other guy would have to eat raisins because he also hates raisins
4: mm. while
2: reading while reading the other person's book so <laughs>
4: <It's> pretty... <laughs>
2: Troy actually has a video on this which I highly highly recommend you all watch. Oh, if you awesome. just if you just search for a touch of raisins on YouTube <laughs> you'll probably find it cuz he read yeah. you know like the I uh, yeah he he read I think he read the entire prologue uh <laughs> wild eating raisins.
3: Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. My, my my favorite part about it all is neither team actually won. <laughs> 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 the three teams that are... <laughs>
2: uh but we 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 beat the the knights at least so Uh,
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, Uh, not so long
1: ago tiago i've forgotten
0: (laughs) yeah yeah not not a huge fan of discord i have to say sadly it's just just a lot you get used to it you get i mean
2: they have this new this new kind of uh function i guess which is the the forums it really helps kind of organize stuff but I, I know it, it can be a lot because it's everything all the time, you know, people mm-hmm. talking about three different things. Yeah.
3: So also, it is. It's also fragmented. Like, you know, like I'm with Steve, you know, you don't know about a forum or you don't know about a server until you don't know. Like I could mm-hmm. like this India, courts. I'm a recent joiner. I didn't know about it before. So I, I would have mm-hmm. missed everything up to it as well. So that's the that's that's the part about it, which I don't like.
2: I yeah. there was like a directory
3: yeah. where you could search for stuff like, okay, ooh, that looks interesting. I'm going to join over there.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we should just have you know one huge forum, but it, it would be impossible because it would be impossible.
0: Yeah, yeah. If
1: only such a thing existed, Steve.
0: If yeah, you know, only know, such know. a thing
2: existed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know, I know. You have, you have, yeah. Have... <laughs> I, I was
3: talking about it on Discord, yeah, you know? <laughs> where people can search. You can. What uh, Tweet? Maybe you could uh, tweet at it. You
2: can yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. I'm just digging myself into detail. <laughs> <these right laughs> well, thanks, for,
0: thanks everyone for coming by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we, no. We, we, we'd love to have you other if you come by, but yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I I will. I promise I will join. It's on my radar.
0: I just, there's oh, yeah, no yeah, Christmas you been, thing. You're busy, man. The, Yeah, uh, we have a Christmas theme. There's <laughs> snow on our forum, by the way. Early oh, this cool. year yeah because I, I was telling uh I was telling me here and uh and Chris that every year I forget so I remember in like March <laughs> that there's this this like snow function so yeah. this year I'm like it's November it's happening so yep uh, and Austin had a question what happened with Yulene? Uh I'm sure it was explained earlier but I am late actually I think I forgot to mention uh Yulene unfortunately had a pretty bad headache and she wasn't able to join us but she does send her her regards uh she's uh, bummed out she couldn't make it but of course we hope she feels better soon.
2: Yeah, uh, Tori, I think had a comment earlier, saying about you know a lot of authors don't recognize the commitment that it takes. And you know, yeah, that's it. I think I think it's it's really important to highlight that because when you when you pick indie, you're not only an author; you automatically become you know an author, a cover designer, a part-time editor. But don't don't skip on editing, but you know. It it you have to split yourself between a lot of things, so yeah, <laughs> it isn't easy either, you know. Being being and that's that's why a lot of people pick trad, and that's one one of the big draws to to trad. You know, you have people who are focused on doing every bit of, of those you know parts uh, of publishing for you, and that's great. You
3: know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's for those who want it that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, Alan is yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. hi, That's Alan. Is. Yeah.
3: Do you know all all, all that comment takes?
1: Chago uh, is just a quote on the front cover of your next book, and did see what a shell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was,
2: I was sure that I wanted to to put you know, any you know, whatever Alan wanted to say on the cover, on the cover of my book, because Alan was the first guy who actually picked up my book and uh, yeah. it, it it kind of snowballed from there you know from he, he he picked it up on that galley on a whim and and just read it and and thank god he loved it and started talking about it and then everyone was like oh i saw island read your book and they were everyone started picking it up it, it's it's kind of like the the booktube snowball right yeah when the... when one booktuber mm-hmm. starts you know and then andrew picked it up from andrew's wizardly reads and and everyone else started picking it up from there and man it's just alan was was the spark for for people to to know who i was
1: it's it's one of those things i always say you see it one place and then once you engage with it you can't help but see it everywhere then it's kind of yeah. seems to be an everybody's all yeah. or you're predisposed to look out for it or something like that you know
0: yeah 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 <laughs> I am the fries of the revolution. <laughs> oh, man! Wow. You are, Alan. You are. <laughs> Alan's great, isn't he? I mean, every every time I talk to him, my my cheeks hurt from laughing so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. I
2: have so much fun talking to Alan, and uh, he 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 also does a lot of late night sprints. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, on YouTube, and those actually really help me just you know push through and write write the the final part of, of book two mm. and uh, I just I, I actually found out that I needed a timer to make myself more more productive in my process. Mm. So Alan actually really contributed to my process for you know being a more efficient writer with my stuff and now mm. uh, I've implemented it into how I write, which is which is really cool. yeah. But yeah. Alan, Alan's, uh, Alan's great,
1: man. Alan sprints are weird for me because obviously time zones, etc. It's always he's always just finished as I'm getting up in the morning, so I kind of like wake up and have Alan sprints on in the background as I'm getting ready, which is obviously the kind <laughs> of the different thing that everybody else is using the morning. Really yeah, yeah,
2: it's like midnight for me, which was yeah. when I when I I I wrote. It's when I write basically because you know, two year old, three month old,
4: mm. uh, oh, day wow. job.
2: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I have to write at midnight when everyone's asleep, so, so, <laughs> so I write from midnight to three a.m. Basically, wow. yeah. Wow,
0: how often do you wake up in the morning and say, "What the hell did I write last night?" and have to go back and reread it? You-
2: uh, I mean, regardless of time, that <laughs> happens. So, so, but, but yeah, yeah, a lot. But I'm I'm actually a pretty, pretty obsessive outliner, so. I, I do have the track to go on if i want to but i do allow myself to to deviate from it uh, i i don't think you know you're either a, pl- a planner or a pantser mm-hmm. i think it's more of a scale and no one's on the extreme on either side i think you i mean you can be but it's normally a mixture of both so mm-hmm. yeah there, there are times when you when you wake up and you're like hmm, uh, i don't I, I didn't think this was this bad or you know this is amazing who wrote this um
1: but <laughs> or, or the opposite like i don't remember writing this but this is quite good I, yeah I, I, I could channel <laughs> yeah. that again that would be great yeah yeah
2: but yeah i mean once you once you kind of get your process going it's you kind of get used to it i guess mm. but you know i finished edits for a book too like yesterday and i just mm. crashed i sent it to my editor and i said i'm gonna lie down in bed here for like five minutes mm. it was like i don't know it must have been like 11 p.m. or something which is pretty early for me because I go to sleep at three and I woke up at 7 a.m. the other day I was like wow. okay yeah. my body was like okay you, you're done so now you can, <laughs> you, can you can sleep
1: it's probably a good I, thing I say that all the time actually about work you can see it you know your body knows when a when a uh, holiday or a break's coming up but it, it kind of conserves and gives you the last push of energy and then without you realizing it, subliminally it goes you tell your, your body we're done and that says mm-hmm. right I'll take over from here to make sure you don't get yeah. super sick or whatever, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that's it. Yeah.
0: And I wanted to ask all of you, I don't I don't know if who ha- who hasn't seen Chris's video that he did recently about reviews. Oh, yeah and oh. star reviews. A really great oh, yeah. video. I think everyone should go check it out. And I wanted to ask, well, Chris, can you just give us a, a summary of what that was about? And then I want to hear Mahir and Chago's thoughts on the on that. And everyone in the chat too.
1: Yeah, it was, it was one of those things I was thinking about for, for a while, kind of different reviews, different places and kind of the stress that it was kind of putting on even the process of reading. Like, I, I'd find myself halfway through a book going, well, this feels like a three uh, three star review and then I like that chapter, so maybe it's a three and a half star review and you kind of, it's like interfering with the whole process, so I was like mm-hmm. I just, I'm just stopping it. I'm, I'm done with it. I either like, the rev- like a book enough or find it interesting enough that I think somebody else should read it or somebody else shouldn't and and knew when I made it making it that it was one of those uh one of those things that I, I don't have like a formula or system for doing it other than kind of reaction here and feeling it. And I know some people do. So it was kind of interesting to see somebody that vehemently has a system to say I'll score it out of that and cumulatively put it all together. You know, get the reaction. And the best thing was it just created discourse about it and I kind of some people shouting at me, some people going, yeah, that's grand. But that's exactly the whole point of making the video. Like it's not to be uh, to say I'm right, just to kind of say that that's us either recommend a book or or not, mm-hmm. you know, more so rather than doing it anywhere else. And one of the things that actually I think it I think this is missed a little bit, and I think it was Ryan Cahill who talked about it, is the fact that Amazon reviews specifically treat star reviews like a product review. So mm-hmm. it's not an artistic review. Yep. so anything lower than five, four stars is seen as a defective product and therefore mm-hmm. not pushed by their algorithm rather than uh, the people that are reviewing books are doing it artistically mm-hmm. uh and the fact that actually just be aware of that rather than just um than just mm-hmm. kind of saying oh this is a two-star book i don't like what the pov but like yeah let's <laughs> was saying yeah. earlier on you know yeah. so that was kind of the idea of it i don't know
2: yeah, <laughs> and yeah, Alan, Alan does not like your anti-store <laughs> <laughs> stance,
1: uh, um, but the, the but... five stars drop. But boy, and I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean,
2: that's that—that's really, uh, I think that's a really important point, Chris, of Amazon seeing it as a defective product, yeah. because it isn't the same as Goodreads, right? Yes, which is that. baffling because goodreads tells you three stars is good four stars is i really like it and five Mm -hmm. stars is this author mixing water that's amazing right yeah Yeah. um but the thing is amazon bought goodreads a while ago and uh they've actually now started linking your goodreads uh score to your book that's right Mm -hmm. and goodreads scores tend to be lower so uh you know, if you go f- from what Goodbeats says, 3.5 stars is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. While 3.5 stars on Amazon is very bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where are we going with this? <laughs> you know, is, is is the question. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of concerning to me. They either do one or the other, in my opinion. I, I, I hope I, they're trying to, you know, put Goodreads in there to see if it works and then just maybe just use only
3: Goodreads for books or yeah. do something because the, the funny part is they have not linked they just post it but it's not linked you know you can't click on it it just it yeah. just says 4.2 3.8 178 reviews something like that it's it's very weird like I wish because you're right here they own it they should just hyperlink it it's so easy yeah um I, I haven't seen that video of yours Chris so I'm actually gonna look at it after no. our chat because it's. It's hard though, right? Because it's like you know, I know some reviewers yeah. like. I think it's human tendency to rate something. That's that's just human tendency. Like everyone of us, like, well, oh, this was better. Why? Well, it's, it was maybe it was a few stars or a few things better. Um, I think many reviewers do write to like because I know Steve does this as well. Like you know, he'll talk about what he liked about the book, mm-hmm. what worked for him, what was intriguing for him, and then he'll be like, okay, this is why I would say that this book is good or I recommend this book, and that's what I think many reviewers mm-hmm. most at least. Quite a few of us on Fantasy Book Critic do as well. We never put readings. like there is no ratings on Fantasy Book Critic. I think most bloggers, Fantasy Hive, uh, some other bloggers uh, do the same thing. Like They'll say this is what we liked about the book. This is perhaps what we did enjoy as much, and mm-hmm. this is why maybe. And there you go. There's here's a conclusion. If you want this, mm-hmm. if you like this sort of stuff, you pick this up. There you go, and that's and of course when you when you post your review on Amazon or Goodreads, it wants you to st- like it wants you to put the stars in because if you don't, yeah. then that's like it's horrible, it will, it got no stars or it got zero stars, then yeah. no matter what you yeah. say, it's going to yeah. be the thing thought of as like a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things that,
1: that I was very keen on was the idea that aggregate sites like Goodreads, except for review sites, are based on the fact that someone's going to get a lot of reviews, thousands of reviews, and therefore it will be an overall average. But in our corner of the, of the book universe, especially for indie authors, you're talking very small numbers. And a couple, one or two bad reviews at the start can nearly just kill dead what could be yep. a promising career or book or something like that. So, again, it's that kind of thing of either this is worth recommending to go forward or it's not. And even if you think about, like, I can't think of the amount of books that I've read book one and sort of liked it. But by book two, the authors really found their voice even a bit more. Yeah. And it's become very good. You know, so you don't get that maybe if if, if you're kind of feeling like you have to define a star review that is worthy of the book at the time, and then change it later, which is maybe a bit too late. So that was that was another thing that I was I was very conscious yeah. of.
2: And if you have ten reviews for your book, a one star is ten percent, mm-hmm. uh, right? Exactly. It's it's ten percent of your reviews are, are one stars, right? If you get one one star review mm-hmm. and you have ten reviews, if you have a thousand reviews, one one star doesn't 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 uh, move not not the right. needle. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. Also, and you I mean, don't really know on Amazon like who what they're reviewing. Are they did they really review it, or they're just Randomly just one starring a book, or maybe the book didn't arrive in time, or it was yeah, exactly had a broken thing. It, <laughs> it allows the most insane of reviews to be one stars. That's yeah.
0: right. Yeah. I have seen some reviews that are one star, and someone's someone said, I, I love the book, but my book came damaged one star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's
2: like, yeah. Come yeah. On. <laughs> and Amazon will will remove reviews. I've had every author has had reviews removed from their books when they think for some reason, I don't know. I don't know why. I think that they think the person's a friend or family or whatever, mm-hmm. or it's a bot. They, they will remove it, but it, it really looks like it's an AI or some kind of algorithm doing mm-hmm. it because it, it makes no sense because there are, you know, clear reviews that should be removed, like like those that, that you said, Steve, that are there forever. They are never removed.
3: So I don't know. I recently saw a review for one of the SPFO finalists. The review is five star. The tagline is annoying. Wow. I'm not even kidding. It's still there. Like it's literally the tagline is annoying, and it gives five stars. So I'm like, what is what's happening over there? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. So annoying was good, and I, I, I do wonder. Yeah, maybe they they wanted to be annoying. Right? <laughs> yeah, mission accomplished. Yeah, I I do wonder with longer reviews, especially written reviews, if you want to not leave a star rating, but you want to. Elaborate on what worked for you, or why you think it's you would recommend it to someone. If the reviews are too long, I wonder how many people just don't bother reading it. Reading it, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So where, where is that 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 middle ground where someone who just wants a quick review will read it, but someone who uh, they don't want to read an essay about it, they just want to read a quick, uh, yeah. quick and dirty kind of "this is what I thought" kind of thing.
2: I've seen a lot of reviewers do to uh, TLDRs, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's right. Oh, Yeah.
1: Thing that can work I, I think well the, what I came back to was the fact I'm just not get, I'm not getting anything out of this so I've just stopped star reviewing except the, either five star or something on Amazon to say I liked it if, somebody should pursue this further because if that's the metric that people are using to buy the books physical books or otherwise then go for it but if somebody has a system that they feel is good for cataloging <laughs> I'm sorry I read the comment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, if you do that, I'd, I'd rather you give me zero raisins every time. So
1: it's all—it's almost like the Rotten Tomatoes book version will yeah. be the raisin rating. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like it. like and, it. and
2: it's even a an alliteration, right? Raisin rating. It works. Raisin. <laughs> 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 raisin rating. Why?
3: I didn't even think about that, but that's pretty. That's a writer. <laughs> Yeah,
0: so for or everyone play. listening, the comment was uh, by Aaron maybe someone should start a raisin rating system.
2: Yeah, maybe they should, maybe it should fail, maybe it should be forgotten. Yep, no harm in trying.
3: <laughs> <No> harm. <laughs> I know two people, Tiago and Troy, will definitely not be supporting it at all. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine me asking for ra- for raisins? You know, give me five raisins. No, no please don't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just imagine you, you're going into work and you know you're thinking it's cost of living crisis, etc. And you're asking for a raise, and you just ask for raisins <laughs> instead because in your head, Tiago, that's a dangerous uh, line you've got to walk there. You know, yeah. says, yes, I'll give you raisins for sure. Is that all oh, yeah. you want? Great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> But I mean, the the review discussion is really is really interesting because, I mean, after after becoming an author, I I feel really bad, you know, giving anything less than than, than three stars or even four stars. May I mean, I'm fine with four and five stars, but if I like if I don't like something, I I just won't won't rate it, won't review it, right? That's what I said.
1: Pretty much the same thing, Thiago. point, my my voice doesn't really matter here that much, especially if there's a low amount of ratings on the book. Like it doesn't. I don't need to be a dissenting voice yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. In the conversation, like the, the example that I had was, I had given a book a uh, three star review. It was a book, first book that the author wrote. I quite liked it. I actually wrote the review for it, but really, all that the author seen. Was the three star review? It actually didn't yeah. matter what I wrote, and I thought, if even the author's not taking, not reading the review at that stage, then what am I doing? Yeah. You know, this this uh, this hasn't had its desired effect. Uh, yeah, and it's yeah. the series that I'm going to keep on reading, etc., because I did like it. You know what I mean? It just happened to be the first book, and maybe the second book will address some of those issues and stuff that, that I thought, yeah, but, maybe I had. I mean, I agree with me here that you know we
2: we have the tendency to to want to rate and rank things yeah. so you know if stars didn't exist i think i kind of i kind of like how stars make it easier for mm-hmm. us to broadly kind of cat- categorize stuff uh so if anyone's listening i am not part of the anti star empire but <laughs> at the, <laughs> at the same time <laughs> I, I mean, his his quote yeah, is on I my cover it, now, and yeah, I need to keep him happy. I think it's an imperfect
1: <laughs> system, though. I think that's the bit that, that I came to as well. Like, I, yeah. I'm not going to do it anymore, but I think it definitely has value for sure because a lot of people do it. You know, it's it's, it's yeah, not, but definitely yeah. part of the process.
2: Yeah, but I I agree that maybe it's not. You know, maybe we should find something better. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. It'll take years to change if it ever does. But
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, th- to me. As the mathematician in the room, they should not display the star rating <laughs> a, aside until it has a certain number of reviews because I think at a certain oh, yeah. point a, 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 oh. a low number of views should just mm-hmm. either have a just a recommended or not recommended tag dependent on the underlying star review written. I think yeah. that's very effective uh, yeah. until something gets to to a point where it's like it ticks over the, the twenty reviews or something that doesn't have to have much reviews, but some that's tolerant to one to, you know one negative review is uh, yeah. is, is not so bad.
3: Yeah, that's I actually, like that. That's a cool idea, Chris. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good idea. Hmm. Yeah. Because then it yeah. forces like the reviewer, or at least people who leave ratings to so at least review or say why, what mm. happened, why exactly. did, what did you like about it? So then it forces them to quantify their feelings, which actually will hopefully weed out those weird bot reviews as well.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You should pitch that to Amazon.
1: I will. I'll get straight on it. I'm sure they'll be. Um, they'll probably seen the video already,
3: right? And, uh... Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. you need to see this. Your eyeballs yes. need to see this. Yes,
1: <laughs> Jeff, come on,
3: get up your star project. You know the rocket thing. <laughs> this is truly really what's important. Yeah. Yeah. It's about It's not working for Mars. these twenty yeah. people on the internet, right? You need to change it.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. uh, it's it's Daniel, exactly some might... works. Yeah. They might just be gaming the algorithm, uh, like they they think the author deserves five star treatment by the algorithm, but they did not like it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Troy, rotten raisin, gritting, or great grape. So, or, so uh, here's rotten, the thing, Troy.
2: Rot, rotten raisin is is repetitive, right? Because raisins are already rotten grapes, so
1: you can just call them raisins. <laughs> How, how does it feel to have like one of your likes or dislikes just have like amazing traction? Like this, <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming too meme, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think it's
2: because they keep fueling it, right? Yeah, it is. That's it. If <laughs> <laughs> I never talked about reasons, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not shy about it. I'm, I'm not gonna.
1: <laughs> See, if, I, if I tell people about me, just like a sweet corn, nobody's gonna care, you know. So I've got to find a way to. to Crew uh, bard I mean, something, you know? if you find the right
2: people who are willing to troll <laughs> you, yeah, yeah
4: they
0: will. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, Chiavi mentioned earlier about Magic the Gathering. I wanted to ask yeah. you a little bit. I'm not sure who else is uh, kind of in the know with Magic or not, but recently, I'll try to explain this for people who aren't familiar, but basically there was what was called a reserve list for years and years. Basically, it's the most powerful cards And Magic promised the Hasbro or Wizard of the Coast promised not to reprint certain cards because they were so powerful. So they were like in a vault. They said, these cards are there. You can play with them. They're really expensive. People invested a lot of money into them because they were uh, very hard to find and very powerful. So this went on for years. So the reserve list was these cards will never be reprinted. If you have them, then you have an investment in the game. Recently, they announced, um, was it Magic 30 or thirty the thirtieth anniversary packs or something. Yeah. Basically it's um it's a, a pack of it's a box of four packs. So it's what sixty cards for a thousand bucks. So you have a chance to get reserve list cards from these boxes. And I was I wasn't surprised it happened. I think it was always going to, just because yeah. there's... Yeah. I mean, you you can't not do it, and I never really bought it, that they would never reprint them. But yeah. what's your thought, Jago, on that? What, How do you feel about that?
2: Oh, man, I have so many thoughts. So uh, I think magic can be separated into people who are really focused on playing the game and people who are focused on collecting, right?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: For collectors, this is obviously a disaster um because they wanted to to own something that was expensive right mm-hmm. um so but i mean wizards has been saying for years now that you shouldn't expect the reserve list to never be reprinted so as you said see <laughs> they have been you know the writing was on the wall I, i'm not saying that's okay mm-hmm. um but they have been saying it so, yeah, it was maybe to be expected. Uh, having it done the way that it's being done, I'm not sure I like. Because it's not like they're getting something and, and doing, you know, Modern Masters, which was an addition of super powerful cards, but focused on one of the formats that can be played. Hmm. Right? I think they're, they're just doing this. It sounds like a cash grab. It, to to be honest you know just just doing you know 60 cards for a thousand bucks and then you might get restricted list cards but restricted or reserved i don't even know which one it is i i have not been been you know uh keeping up because because of writing but i mean if you're not putting it into a vintage or legacy set or something you know, i know they can be used in vintage and legacy but no, if it, if it isn't something dedicated and it's part of the set and you can you can just just get it as part of the set it's a separated thing for a ton of cash it, it sounds like a cash grab to
0: me i don't like it and the the msrp is a thousand the the cart uh. boxes are actually being sold for like 1800 wow and that's mm-hmm. what the cost is so the msrp is just we recommend this but the places are selling it for a lot more and yeah. the the Hasbro stock has taken a dip and the a lot of people are dumping their collections because they're pissed yeah. and a lot yeah. of these cards that have this high value are now dropped by 50 yeah. percent in some cases just because everyone's unloading them because they're not they're not happy but yeah yeah but let me, I mean you kind of you kind of knew what happened someday though right I mean yeah they were gonna yeah. they were gonna yeah. grab that cash someday
2: yeah and I mean the restricted list was made. If you look at some of the cards on the I think it's reserved because they have the restricted list and had the reserved list, as everything mm-hmm. in magic it's complex. But uh <laughs> yeah. there are cards that aren't even all that powerful today. Mm-hmm. Like uh I think the the famous one was a Stormcrow or something, it was it was really not not a very powerful card that was on that list, and you couldn't reprint it. And they had like the same card with different names, basically. Uh, it was a, it was a Drake, I think. I forgot the name right now, but you know, they kind of reprinted it, not exactly the same, but it's it's functionally the same. So it's not the same card, so it doesn't lo- it doesn't lose collector's value. So maybe they could do something like that, you know? Because mm-hmm. it, did it have to be the exact same card? That's why. It, <laughs> it really does sound like a cash grab to me it, it sounds like a bad bad business decision it's like mm-hmm. you no, know, there's stuff that you have to accept you know there's money on the table that you're not going to that you're not going to grab <laughs> you just have to accept that for the legacy of your game and everything that you've built so i i really don't like that decision even you know as a as a player from a business standpoint even if i had those cards as a collector you know i i'd hate it so
0: i'd be devastated if i had yeah, money invested in those reserve. Yeah, that's yeah. Because you hold you called on to a thing and they'll hold their value, and now they're overnight it's cut in half. So
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: See, yeah. even as somebody that's sort of, I mean, I have magic cards in the house, so I'm not completely removed from from the system, but not an active player. It's a game or the type of game that has like local appeal, national appeal, worldwide appeal, etc. So there are different like competitive scenes depending on how you go. Yeah. Does it break the competitive balance on any one of those levels as well? You know to a certain extent or, or does it not
2: so that's that's why they, they have the formats right so I mm. don't think these these cards are being put into formats exactly because they they, they break the bounds and if they are still considered restricted and reserved they, they can't be used in any format that's and why firm- they're called restricted right restricted okay. is I think you can have only one in the in the one. deck and reserved is you can't have them you can't you can't play with them because they're too powerful. Mm. Uh so, you—I mean, if you're putting them in sets, they're losing their value. But, I mean, at least you're—you're you're admitting that they can be used to play. You're—you're you're not just screwing over collectors because you yeah. want to get cash. You know,
4: that's—that's—that's
2: yeah. that's, that's my point. You know, putting them in a box. I mean, as I said, I'm not been keeping up. I don't know if you're going to be able to to play if, if they're being taken off the, the restricted or, or the the reserved list. But, um, you know. If you're not going to play with them, then why are you, why are you putting them in the market? Molly? yeah, yeah,
0: mm. for sure. from yeah, money. comment, yeah. Uh, <laughs> from what I hear, a lot of people are mad because Wizards gave the crazy expensive packs to influencers, influencers who don't even know about Magic just for the marketing. Kind of tone deaf towards fans. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. one of the big complaints. Yeah. Yeah, they did
2: that with the Pro Tour as well. I mean, the Pro Tour doesn't exist anymore, but they invite, you know, the Pro Tour was the, the like the, the crowning achievement of Magic for years because the way Magic works for, for people who don't play the game, it's like you play at your local store and then there's these special events at your local store that if you win, you get to play in a bigger championship. And then if you, if you do well, top eight in that bigger championship, then you get to play in this bigger championship, which is the Pro Tour right um and there were like it, it wasn't only two steps sometimes like three four steps and it's really hard and you have to be consistently good at the game to get to the pro tour mm-hmm. and then when when these influencers started you know doing magic content they started inviting influencers who never really played the game that much and didn't go, go through all these steps to play in the pro tour right and you know I get it that as a marketing thing, you want you want people talking about your game, and influencers have have large platforms and all that. But you know, for the little man who's in their store trying to 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 you know classify for a pro tour, it's it's a slap in the face. So Wizards has been known to do that. So yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. It's it's controversial. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. Andrew. And Andrew yeah.
0: does only EDH. Which yeah, I can yeah. I can never get into I can never get into EDH. Yeah,
2: me either it's it's too casual for me. I'm too competitive for EDH. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: All of what you guys were just talking about is Greek and Latin to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but all of that was just Greek and Latin. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I get it. I mean magic is is a pretty once you start playing magic, you know it's it's hard to stop. <laughs> uh but once you understand you know the basics of it it's it's the greatest game in the in the world it's, mm. it's i love it man it's so cool it's what it's what brought me into fantasy you know i started playing it like
1: oh, that's interesting
2: eight or something you know a friend of mine just gave me a deck they were like i, I don't want to play this game anymore and they gave me wow. this, this counter burn deck which was it's the most fun you can have in magic is saying no yeah. right people play a spell you counter it it's it's the most fun mm. you can have oh so, you're one of those huh okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know that, that just kind of took over my life and that's that's how you know fantasy just just became a big part of my life from there that in age of empires mm.
3: I have yeah. a question for you all then, since you all are talking about magic the card. Because I mean, if I'm not wrong, like you know, you have to spend big money on certain cards because the artwork also is pretty cool as hell.
4: Yes. What yes, do you think
3: are. about special editions of books? Like, you know, are you collectors of special book editions? Because I know there's like a huge market for that too.
0: Yeah. You guys wanna 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 start? I, I don't care about special edition books. I I they don't really interest me a whole lot.
3: You're saving so much money, Steve. Good on yeah, you. I, that. like, I mean that in a, a really yeah. nice way.
0: That's a rabbit hole. I have no business going down it's bad news. I'm
1: unsure. I don't know. There are certain books, obviously, that you really like it. Like, for instance, the touch of light one behind me there is mm-hmm. the Brook of Bindam one that just arrived yesterday, mm-hmm. right? So Tiago had mentioned that it was that it was potentially in the often a while ago. And I thought, right, there's a way to get that Thiago signed. version but you know and it's it's not so much the the, it's the signed aspect of it and normally i wouldn't care about signed except i really really like the book and if i really like the book the signed bit or the i got uh i bought strangers in promised land from jim willborn actually from his side a while ago and and jim had notated it to me inside That like that stuff is definitely worth paying for for sure like for like i would do that every day and and for many authors you know, I'll, I'll pay the ship and I'll do whatever. I'll pay whatever money to get even a normal version of the book across that's signed or something like that stage. Some of them are really pretty. But if it's just a random book that I haven't read yet or something, I'm less inclined to be said, oh, God, I need to have all the special editions or, or something like that. It usually has to be something that I've really connected with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I am I mean, I live in Brazil, so shipping is expensive. Yeah. Um, so I've actually been mostly a, a, a Kindle reader for, for most mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. my life. So I, when I do get a special edition, it's it's a book that I really love. So I I really do appreciate a good special edition though. Mm-hmm. You know, a different cover with amazing I, I love I love artwork, you know. Yeah. The, oh man, I, 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 I I'm all for special editions, you know, even if I if I don't have that many, I love. I love to have special editions uh, weirdly signing you know signed stuff i have never been really a person who values uh signed stuff that much
4: mm-hmm.
2: in, in the past but books you know books signed by authors i really really do like maybe i just needed to to find something that that i that i loved <laughs> for, for the signature yeah. to, to really to really mean something i guess because man you know uh it's it's really cool to have a, a book signed signed by the author. And uh an interesting thing about uh the broken binding one that, that you said uh you have, Chris, is mm-hmm. because I live in Brazil, I don't actually have, you know, the, the option on my website to send signed books to people. I, I can I can have them kind of digital digitally signed. You know, there's the, the printer actually allows me to to write something up on an iPad and they'll print mm-hmm. that into the book. It really kind of almost looks like like i wrote it in people have thought that i actually signed the book and i had to tell them you know please please don't think that's that's hand signed uh but you know the broken binding actually do this cool thing which is they you can send them a stack of of signed sheets Mm yeah and they'll, they'll they'll put it into into the book um so that's the only way that made it viable. So if you actually want something that I put my my grubby mitts on and, and sign, you know, it's, <laughs> that's the only place you can get it right now. You so. make me
1: you're making me feel like a creep now. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I, I, I was aware of that, Jack. It was one of those things that I kind of went. I remember you'd mentioned it a while ago that it was possibly in the off, and I thought I'll just wait on it because um, no, Alan may as well. It's 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 actually compared to the amazon price it's pretty much it's not that much more expensive etc so not so it was yeah. definitely one of those things that was and plus i gotta, I oh, gotta the color map yeah, yeah the map that's man cool. i love that map i, I love that map so cool. much so i have to decide what i'm gonna do with that so yeah yeah
2: yeah hmm.
1: frame it and put it on and on
2: your shelf, like in front of the books, it's it's the oh, only for, acceptable that's thing. That's a
1: good idea. Yeah. Not not beside my bed when I wake up and look at it. No, and no, no, it and no, realize no. where I'm. Where, it, where was I dreaming about last night? It's not that. So beside yeah. the books, okay. Yeah, yeah. So
2: it's hard for you to get the books. You'll you'll see the map and then you'll you'll, you'll want
1: will have to decide up. I really want to read something to move the map. To yeah, yeah. get to the book. Exactly. <laughs> <So interesting. laughs>
0: very very clever. Very clever. <laughs> Uh, Daniel mentioned that Brandon Sanderson got a bunch. He opened them on his live stream, kept one for every pack, and then gave the rest away to people on the stream. Yep, that sounds like Brandon Sanderson. <laughs>
4: yeah. That's good and call. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And Andrew has some shade for Chago. If you think EDH is casual, <laughs> you are doing it wrong. Look, Andrew,
2: I never, I've never seen an EDH Pro Tour, so you know you can have fun with your bragging rights, but uh, EDH is a format in Magic.
3: Sorry. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So still let it Continue on yeah, there. Yeah, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally big question.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You play with your, your hundred card decks, man. The game was played to was made to play uh, sixty
0: cards. <laughs> I have I have heard of some decks like like one we'll turn one or turn two. So I've never seen it happen, but I've heard it's possible. I don't know. But, oh yeah, I mean I, sure, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever yeah. you EDH people. <laughs> disgusting kind of burn yeah. disgusting i love it
2: it's the best kind of deck it's so a special edition yeah, yeah. yeah. uh
0: I'll, andrew said also i'll take any special edition without a soon binding uh belongs in the trash yeah, that's ours wow <laughs>
3: i'm sorry
2: andrew has has thoughts on,
3: on yeah special edition uh, yeah i think so though <laughs> <laughs> To be fair to Broken Binding, they're the only uh, you know special edition publishers who are actually doing special editions for indie or self books. Yeah, yeah. No other self you know special uh, edition publisher is even touching indie books. So that's I'll give that to them. Uh, of course, they're in the UK. So as a person who lives in the US, I'm just the shipping, and of course, they have like a ten-year waiting list. So that's I'm out. So yeah, <laughs> wow. But I do love their special editions. Their editions are. I,
1: I was going to say, that it's the types of books that they give special editions to that I think is the most interesting about the book combining they are making or thinking about who is obviously buying their books and, and choosing appropriate books to do it for and not just for the, the big tenets of fantasy or science fiction that there are. They do some of those obviously but they seem to save most of those yeah. for subscription based etc. The other stuff that yeah. is very much about identifying key authors and stuff yeah. like that. So.
3: Did you guys I see mean, the special edition Kickstarter for Sword of Kaiken by Ratma Creative? Yeah, hundred and fifty thousand. That's yeah, pretty yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah, it's insane. It's insane, and I think it's partly because it never had a, a hardcover, right?
3: Mm, yeah, right. it never had yeah. a hardcover. It only was yeah. it was only released in paperback and yeah. not even trade paperback, just like a proper paperback. Yeah. But ML Wong has some really serious fans. And of course, Rithmart Creative, the way they've they've created the special edition with you know Felix Ortiz doing the artwork and oh, yeah, yeah, special yeah. interior artwork and a color map. It's it's pretty gorgeous.
2: Spiffball winner, right?
3: Yes, Spiffball 5. Spiffball again. Yeah. <laughs> not bookness though. Uh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I wouldn't want to be competing against that.
3: <laughs> but There's, but it uh, is Sorry,
1: go on. I was was going to say, it is interesting though that as an indie author, it's not like you need to hit everybody. You need to hit a core of people and a core of fans to have a successful career. It's not like you have to be Brandon Sanderson or or kind of go to that level, like you probably do in Trad. Mm I'd say, at a certain point of view, you need that kind of mass market appeal to be able to turn it around. Whereas as an indie author, you just need a core group of fans that will go from your peak book one to book two to book two to book three and yeah. then build that as it goes so i think it's a really interesting conversation in general bit,
2: uh, yeah. about that and i mean yes and the that core group is what snowballs it right that because yeah. because they start screaming about it and then uh, I think Ryan said that, that he that, that's what kind of happened to him, he, he got some really, really intense fans that started talking about it to, to everyone else, and that, that's what spreads the word. And just, you know, uh, something really cool about The Broken Binding um, is that they actually started their uh, their press right now, and they're going to do an incredible, incredible mm-hmm. version of, of Ryan Cahill's of Blood and Fire. hmm Oh uh, man, just the, the art that he's sharing. I, I like, I, I need to have that <laughs> right now, you know, uh, it's, it, it's looking amazing and it's going to look the. it, it looks like they're going to do super high quality printing as well.
1: So <laughs> yeah. it's an interesting one because I've seen actually multiple things. You look at, I think it's 55 pounds. I think that book is, and obviously, you know, broken mind. I've done version. I've done the other versions of, of, of Ryan's books as well and hardcover because I, I own them. Yeah. But yeah. That is such a high quality book. Like a full society or somebody else is doing that, it's more than double the price, you know. And people are certainly prepared to to pay that kind of money for that quality print. And, and, oh, and it's gonna yeah. it. yeah, for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, as an indie author, I love rock binding, Andrew. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean their their packaging and everything that that everything it's it's always been perfect for me. So I, mm-hmm. I've never had problems. And as a they're great they're great to me as an author as well <laughs> so, you know I'm, I'm super happy working with them
1: it has um, the best unboxing experience just for a random consumer yeah. of anything the the way that they bind and wrap their stuff even yeah. not including the packaging it always just feels like such a treat I sometimes you know if something arrives and I don't need to open it right that second I'll keep it for a time when I'm just not feeling really great or I've had a really tough day so yeah. that I can kind of take the string off and take it apart and, and do that kind of stuff and go that that was a pleasurable experience yeah. for me.
2: And can I say, you know, seeing people unwrap your book. Yeah uh, oh man, it's it's the most surreal experience. You know, seeing pictures of people unwrapping your book and knowing that your book has kind of the signed edition oh man, it's it's great. It's great. And it, it was it was mind blowing because it I I honestly I'm not saying this just to sound you know humble. I thought I'd sell maybe 20 books the signed copies and then st- start poking people and saying hey i have i have signed i have signed so versions price, yeah. you know it sold out in 15 minutes wow. like the, the, wow. the first batch sold out in 15 minutes the, the first, yeah. yeah 15 yeah. We're, we're gonna have another batch it's gonna be 150 mm-hmm. in the end but mm-hmm. uh man it's like it's it, it, it's it's mind-blowing to see to see people just just going after it you know
1: and see it go around the world as well, Chago. Like I'm sure the people posting yeah. the pictures as it comes out, going, "I'm in this location and I got yeah. this version, and uh, here's my yeah. number and whatever else." You know, that's, that's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. And you know, people. I mean, I I know a few people in the community, and and you know, a few of them said, "I want to, I want to, I want to get the special edition. I'm going to buy the book." And you know, it's, you kind of expect to see the people you know posting about it, but mm-hmm. a ton of people I, I've never even, you know. Talk to or interacted with or, or posting, it and like, wow, it's it, that that kind of reach is is really really heartwarming as an author. You know, it's it's insane. It's really cool.
0: And Alan's trying to earn some buddy points. Uh, CG, yeah, well, I like broken buddy. I guess that means I get a two week head start on Andrew for the arc. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I assume Alan was already reading it. Oh come on, what is this? No, no, Alan. I mean,
2: I haven't sent out arcs yet. I yesterday I finished the edits, finished so the edits, yeah, I I have sent out a couple of better reads, but Alan's going to read the arc. Uh, so just to wait a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew is trying to pay me to to delay Alan's arc. So yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if he's starting at eighty, he can, he can probably get him to yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to You get a box of
0: you can get a box I mean, of thirtieth anniversary know. from out of Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you yeah, thought Andrew. about doing the like, Kickstarter, Tiago Chaga? <sighs>
2: Well, I, I have, but I think it's too early. You know, I I feel too much like a rookie to do it. I, I might be wrong, you know. I, I think it's just a, another another path to to have maybe a special edition and stuff like that. But, I mean, it, it does need a lot of dedication and attention. And I'm like 100% focused right now and just releasing the entire series as fast as I can. I want to have the series released by the end of next year. So I'm releasing book two in January, and I want to have, you know, Book three, maybe I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say dates because people are gonna hold me to it. But I want to have all four yeah. books yeah, released. I mean,
3: is it going to be a trilogy, Thiago? Uh, four books, four, four books. I yeah. mean, or yeah, yeah. Dad Williams trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, yeah. So
2: yeah, I mean, January 2024 at the latest is when I want to have everything released. So. I'm just super focused on that. And I I just know that if I I start looking into Kickstarter, I'm going to get obsessive about it and it'll probably delay my writing. So,
1: (laughs) I I think at some stage, though, it will will become the norm. Somebody will do it and take the leap and do it, it and it'll it'll be reasonably successful. And then kind of a lot of people will do it themselves, I think, somewhere in line, but it'll need to be established. I was talking to sorry
2: sorry go ahead
3: no I was gonna say there's already people who you know who do it like you know uh this uh, Michael J Sullivan and Robin Sullivan's son mm-hmm. he has been doing yeah. Kickstarters I'm forgetting his name I think it's James if I'm not wrong but I might be wrong on this one but I know he does Kickstarters he has done Kickstarters for uh Will White and for Andrew Cobble AC Cobble as well so there's there's always that hopefully the next thing but Diego that's actually a lovely idea like to finish your books and then get the Kickstarters out because yeah, I think true. Ben Galley is doing that for his original trilogy. I mean, yeah. uh, his yeah. original four books uh, as yeah. well. And his, his books are beautiful. Written. Oh.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no pressure. Again, uh,
3: sorry, I don't mean to pressure you, but like, <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like, I would love <laughs> to have like special editions of yours. Like, you know, and of course, once you're done with it, because then you can, you know, focus on getting like a, like four matching covers, of course, which you yes. do as well. But like, you know, you have like once yeah, the books yeah. are out, you know what you can plan for.
2: Yeah, exactly, and uh, I've actually talked to, to Ben a lot. Um, Smart guy, about a ton of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 such an amazing guy, man. He's, he is. he's ben such
3: Gally. a Bengali and Ryan Cahill, I think, are two of the most business savvy, and mm, like, yeah. they are the most hard not hardworking in that sense, but like I feel like they really do a lot in the twenty four hours of a single day. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, other. I mean, no, no offense to the others, other right, and they're doing like their normal lives with Ben and Ryan. I don't know. They are able to get some extra time for here and there. They still manage to think about more stuff that they want to do.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, seeing seeing Ben Ben's special editions, I actually got onto the the Pale Kings one because I, I I missed the the first oh, one. The
3: previous one. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and I'm so happy that he gave the option to to get both of them. So so I got in on mm-hmm. it with with both of them right now but yeah and and as you said i am kind of looking at him as a blueprint right because mm-hmm. he released the entire the entire series before doing back doing the special editions but i've also seen a lot of people who are just using kickstarter basically to release their books mm-hmm. so you know i don't know i don't know i think it's it's a, a really cool market i think brandon sanderson kind of shone a light on it you know uh, and uh it's something to consider, but it's it's one more thing you know <laughs> to, add, to add to the pile of stuff that you need to do. So,
1: I think I think it's probably worth saying though. Yours is one of the first ones that I think was really highlighted to me as, as being such a beautiful naked hardcover in its own right, and the ordinary hardcover, ordinary being a weird word. Yeah, it's pretty stunning as it is. Yeah, yeah. So, as, I mean, as as a, as a normal edition, but yeah,
2: yeah. I and that's that's something else I considered. Uh, you know you you daydream about stuff as an author you know w- what a what author doesn't have exactly how their special edition would be you know so so i I wanted I thought about it as something that i I do agree that a lot of people comment on the cover and and how beautiful the, the naked heart cover looks and the quality of the printing and all that mm-hmm. which is you know uh, I'll be honest. I just, you know, I, I shot for 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 the top with with Ingram Spark, which is the the, mm-hmm. the 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 printer. Mm-hmm. But it's available to everyone, so I, I didn't, you know, do something special. And you know, yes. my book is is something. You know, I, I didn't do like, I didn't find some secret printer that does <laughs> stuff higher
3: quality. Uh, Leave that for the Kickstarter.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so if I if I did do something with a Kickstarter, it would have to be something you know, really, really, you know, more than than sprayed edges. You know, something like like Ben's doing, maybe you know, with with illustrations and and mm-hmm. leather bound stuff and and all that. So, so yeah,
3: and maps. Don't forget maps. Oh, As a map definitely. lover, I can always I'm yes, always asking yes. for more maps for more fantasy authors. Yeah. Yes,
2: yes, I'd have city maps probably. You know, something like. I zooming see. in yeah <laughs>
1: that's uh, music cloth map yeah yeah yeah
2: <laughs> yeah i have to go all you have to have that this is i went all out and if you want to spend money to get this is it's your i right? can't you tell you, you how much money
1: to... you could spend on a for a good quality cloth map of a, of a book series yeah and it doesn't yeah. really seem to be a thing but it seems to me like that it should be a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be
0: incredible how how difficult is it to get a map made i mean mine was i i scribbled it down on a
2: paper and then it went on to fiverr and i found a a really good a really good person that i liked the maps that were you know displayed in, in the gig there the guy ended up actually being brazilian <laughs> which was uh-huh. a really big coincidence <laughs> yeah uh i only noticed i only noticed after after hiring him but um yeah i just i just found you know a guy i liked and sent him my 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 scribbles (laughs) and he did an amazing job because it it isn't easy to do a map out of you know something that you just scribbled down so uh yeah and, and the same thing with the cover i mean the the artist who did my cover Alejandro colucci he's He's amazing. He's amazing. You know, both covers I'm absolutely in love with. So, and they were the main selling point for my book. I've I've said, you know, I probably need to give him royalties because he, he sold more books for me than anything he could have done with the cover. This,
3: the second book cover is even more so like, I mean, the first book cover is stunning. The second one is just beautiful. Like beyond anything.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I don't even know how to how to how to describe it. It's uh, he he actually made it better than, than the first book, right? And, and yeah. I didn't think you know I, I could have a cover that was that was you know more beautiful than the first one. But that that second one with the griffin, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. I love it. <laughs> I can't wait to have a a, a printed copy in my hands you know, and yeah. to, to to show it off because it's even better when it's printed, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. So so yeah. yeah it's awesome. You can hold it. Yeah, yeah. Rub it. Stroke <laughs> it. <laughs> I, I love the contrast of colors between the two. Like it's one of those things you see the cover, and if you already have the first one, you go, This will look spectacular on the shelf beside the first one, mm-hmm. you know, as well. Yeah. As I like that yeah. contrast.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I have kind of like a, a, a color palette for, for each of the books. Um nice. Yeah, yeah. So so I kind of know. What i want i'll see when 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 I get to, to book three's cover if if what i'm imagining is going to work or if we'll yeah. have to, to change it up a bit but i, I do have you know a kind of
1: color palette for for all of them sounds like book three is coming out in march i don't know <laughs> you know i'm actually so so
2: talking you know about the writing pro uh, the writing yeah. process per se I actually kind of released book one and I said, oh phew. You know, it's like, oh man, this, this was this was hard. And I I kind of stopped and, and didn't write for maybe a month. And then I started writing the novella in in April. And then there was the whole process of releasing the novella. I was doing the audiobook. So it was kind of hard to jump straight into book two right So I, I took some time to jump into book two and that's why I have this gap from book one to book two, right um I don't think that's gonna happen for book three because I don't have a novella between book two and book three. And I already have book th- book three outlined and I know that if I just write a bit every day, I, I don't feel like stopping this time <laughs> because I think I've got the process, you know, uh better better fleshed out so i just I, I can just keep writing and honestly i think when book two comes out i might have something to close to a finished first draft for book three
4: mm-hmm.
2: so right. i'm not gonna say march yeah no i'm still good but <laughs> because <laughs> because editing and, and all that <laughs> uh editing takes a very long time uh for a book to be you know good um because yeah. first drafts are are bad yeah but you know, they're the clay that you need to mold into the book. So it might be earlier than people think.
3: Hey, fingers crossed that you know the SPFPO finals boosts your book. So that way you have a more successful book two release and that yeah. can hopefully spur you on for book three as well. Because I know like yeah. previous finalists have that you know that if you somehow by coincidence or by luck, if you happen to release a book two right around when SPFPO finals are ending and if your book is doing well, that kind of can yeah. boost, you know.
2: Yeah, so yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean if I do manage to to get it, maybe close to to you know end of April, or May, maybe have book three coming out. Wow! Again, no promises, but yeah, that that would be that would be crazy. That would be awesome. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. I always think I'm going to be able to
3: write something in two months, and then it's like six, <laughs> six months, which is still super fast. Like that. That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, fast. Like, fast. You know, all of us fantasy fans know this. That this is not the norm. Like indie publishing. It's like it's kind of spoiling us all fans, like especially after George <laughs> R. Martin and Pat Rothfuss and all of those not super slow writers, but those are incredibly slow writers. But like yeah. Indie authors are like, you know, like giving us like they're giving us books in six months, ten months, one year. That's incredible. I and mean, these are not small books you're writing. You're writing like two hundred thousand words, two hundred and fifty thousand words. Incredible yeah. awesome well. So thank you, yeah. Thiago. <laughs> thank thank so, you, like, you for you for... and all the other indie authors who are spoiling us mm-hmm. all. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean it's I, I'm I'm the first person who wants to get into people's hands, right? Because I want people to to read the story. So I, I'm I'm super anxious, kind of like trying to turn write as fast as I can. But thank you for you know, if if people weren't reading and talking about my book, I wouldn't be writing more. So mm. yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, Chirag, we know we have you have some pizza waiting for you. We don't want to keep you too long.
2: Oh no, don't don't don't, don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. It's cool it. a long
1: time ago <laughs> yeah yeah
2: i still need to, to warm it up i think my my wife left it in in the in the oven you, for me you
1: gotta hope they didn't eat it all you know that's, that's the, <laughs> yeah, the, the only yeah. fear yeah <laughs> yeah yeah
2: starting to to introduce pizza to to the to the baby maybe oh <laughs>
1: yeah ah <Start laughs> nah, she's, only, in, that's it. <laughs> she's only
2: three months old so
1: <laughs> cheese is bound to be good for her right you know yeah
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe try to the two-year-old first, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the two-year-old
2: yeah.
0: likes it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Cool. Well, uh, I know it's getting late for you, Chris, and Chago has some pizza waiting for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, <laughs> yeah. But uh, thanks, everyone, for coming by and hanging out and chatting. It's always a great time thanks thanks for for having me here Super sorry fun.
3: if i if i you know talk too much
0: <laughs> no that's probably that's, that's why you're here we want you to talk yeah and
3: between the four of us you're the only author we are just like you know we're we're glad to have you talk and listen It. Yeah.
2: thanks thanks it's Definitely. it's great to chat and yeah. you know thanks thanks everyone for for being in the chat i always love interacting with and seeing i i you know when when we're we're alive here it's it's hard to to comment on all the comments, but I, I try to to read them and, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, follow it's to along. That's so great. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, thanks for finally accepting my invite, Shark. I've been chasing you for a while. And finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: i i'd feel bad if it was after you know i was a, a spiffball finalist because uh it, it would look like i was being you know arrogant and stuff no <laughs> it's be, no. It, it's it's because of the baby i i, I think when you <laughs> when when you Blame said the baby no no I, I would i i think the baby was like one month old when you when you first ah. when, oh, when you first yeah so it was like impossible to jump on but but now you know stuff is getting a little bit easier so so, oh, good to hear so yeah, I'm starting I'm to.
1: We well, had to get in before the World Cup as well, so you know, it, you know. Stop, yeah, stop, stop, I'm the
2: fakest Brazilian you'll meet. Oh, I really do me? not care about <laughs> football or soccer. Oh,
1: you know? And heart. I
2: love, I love <laughs> baseball, and I love the NFL. So hmm, yeah, yeah
3: I'm I love those. That's good. <laughs> sacrilege, Thiago. sacrilege yeah. yeah. As, yeah. As, as the country has won the most amount of World Cups in in football, that is really sacrilege. yeah. Yeah, I know,
2: but man, it's just.
3: Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I agree. You know, I know it's sacrilege, and everyone here is always like talking about teams and stuff. And my father yeah. and my grandfather, my my <laughs> my grandpa, my father and my father-in-law—they're like yeah, my son's grandfathers, right there. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's got a cheer for our team, and like, yeah, go ahead, you know, just just go ahead. <laughs> like, I <don't> care.
3: <laughs> I know that because I come like, from India, and it's the same thing over there, but for cricket, like, yeah, yeah. that's literally hmm. all most people talk about. Like 910% of the times, and we just recently had a heartbreak. Our team, the Indian cricket team, lost in the semifinals again. Oh. So that was just brutal, literally a day ago. So yeah, it,
1: w- it was brutal here. <laughs> I know, I so know. So I was, <laughs>
3: right, Chris. I watched, yeah.
0: it. I watched it. I was uh yeah.
3: I'm so yeah. glad <laughs> I didn't watch it because it was in the middle of the night for me. I was like, I was I'm trying right, to get up and yeah. like, no, I'm too sleepy, and then when I woke up in the morning, I was like, Oh, glad I'm glad, Thank I, God, I, yeah. I chose sleep yeah. for that. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. No, I mean. And baseball and NFL, for me, uh, I started with the NFL like mm-hmm. 10, 10 or so years ago. And I, I started to, uh, as a Seahawks fan. Ooh, and okay. And then... Hmm. And then I just adopted Seattle as, and nice. people are like, "Have you lived in Seattle?" I'm like, "No, I just love the Seahawks and I love the Mariners." And you know, the right. Mariners had the the greatest drought in American sports, and they just broke the the playoff mm-hmm. drought this year. So, uh, I was like crazy about baseball this year. And, and it's if it's you awesome. ever come
3: to visit the U.S., you should check it out because I live near I'm, I'm in Portland, Oregon, so I live the nearest ah, closest cool. amongst all of us to want yeah. to go.
2: Awesome, awesome. I actually, went a few years ago i think it was th- a few years maybe 2014 or 16 or something uh to visit a friend in vancouver and then we went to a seahawks mm-hmm. game in seattle so i've actually been to a seahawks game live and it was nice. amazing it was one of the most yeah. incredible experiences i've ever had and it's just you know regular season game but it was still amazing yeah <laughs> so yeah i i tell people you know i'm, I'm the most you know i love books i love Magic magically gathering and then i love you know NFL, which are, yeah yeah <laughs> people people hitting each other so <laughs> my hobbies are pretty varied. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's true. This one's all right. So, uh, Chris, if someone wants to connect with you, where's the best place to find you? Um,
1: you can find my channel at just my name or on Twitter at 7 o'clock shadow.
0: Nice. And Tiago, where people find you and tell you how great EDH is?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm most active on, on Twitter, which is at T Abdallah. Um and discord. Uh, you'll find me in the India Accords, uh, the Oasis, uh, a ton of other of other servers that, that I joined, but I think those are, are the two. I, I'm pretty active on, on an server as well. Um, and, email, just my website has has all my contacts if you, if you want to get in touch. Uh, and just uh, my, my link tree is probably where you'll find all my links, you know, link tree slash T
0: Abdallah. This is where I'll find everything. Yes. And Mahir, where can people find you?
3: Well, uh, I blog over at fantasybookcritic.blogspot.com. So you can always search for that. Or, uh, you know, you can find uh, me on Twitter at fantasybookcritic, part of the team. Nice. And on Steve's forums, because I've recently been more active on that. Yeah. So. I need to join, I need to join Steve's forums. I feel bad. A lot of fun. Honestly, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I say yeah. because yeah. I'm from the earlier, like where there were actually, you know, I on SF Hold and all of those forums, I missed those. So Steve's forums are actually a, a good place. They're not too big, they're you know, nice wow. people, and it's a lot of good chat. So shout out to Steve's Forums. Plus, now you can see the snowfall.
2: Yeah, yeah. oh, That's and and I'm also Pretty active on, on Andrew, the wizardly duo Discord. Andrew's going to kill me if I don't say, if I, if I forgot, you know, because he probably left five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm on there like every day, you know, even if it's just to answer like the question of the day or, or something. But yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah don't yeah. make Andrew angry. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Cool, everybody. Well, I really appreciate it. Really appreciate everyone in the chat for coming by and and hanging out with us. And we will see everyone next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for for having me. I love talking to you guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. See you.